Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I wish I could say it ain't so, but I can't because that would not be the truth. It is what I would love to say to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that every single one of you, without exception, is free from sin. I'd love to say that about myself too, but I can't. I'd love to say that since the time we became believers, followers of Christ, we do not sin anymore. But that is not true, and you know it. We sin daily. And whether or not we are able to name the sins, it doesn't matter. Someone wrote in the American Journal of Ethics that sin is a desire to have your own way, a desire to possess what other people have. Another person has offered the following definition. A sin is any act, thought, desire, emotion, word, or deed, or its particular absence that displeases God and deserves blame. This person adds that the disposition to commit sins also displeases God and deserves blame, and we must therefore use the word sin to refer to such instances of both act and disposition. Do you remember saying just a short while ago, we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed? We say that every week. I hope we remember it and think about it every day. It may be depressing to do that, but we will be affirming a truth about ourselves, a truth that unfortunately does not go away with time or with how often we've said it. Saying that we sin every day is true, not only about Christians, but about everybody else in the world. Some may deny it, even if you offer a clear explanation of it. Surprisingly, even some Christians deny it. In this letter to the Christians in Rome, Paul says it with confidence, with certainty. Now, even though Paul wrote this letter to the Christians in Rome, whom he hadn't even met, he assumes and asserts that there are people who are prone to sin. He did not beat about the bush. He said it straight up. They did not reject it or him, as is evidenced by the fact that we still have this letter as part of the Bible. If Paul were alive today and he was writing a letter to us, whom he hasn't met, he will say the same thing to us, because guess what? We are humans. Being Christians doesn't change our human nature. We are prone to sin. We serve sin, not all the time, but frequently enough that we know we are sinners. You are a sinner. When was the last time somebody said that to you? When I say that to you, pointing at you, Three of my own fingers point at me immediately. I am a sinner. I am prone to sin. I do not like it, but it is the truth. Of course, Paul himself was prone to sin. He would not deny it. He says so in the very next chapter of this letter to the Romans. I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. 
wretched man that I am. Still, Paul does not give up the struggle, even though it could be easy to do so. If he gave up just like that, he would allow sin to become his master. How could he do that, since he only had one true master, the Lord Jesus Christ? If you allow something to be your master, then you are saying you cannot do anything whatsoever about it. If you allow sin to be your master, you are declaring your complete helplessness to do anything whatsoever about it. You are letting sin ride roughshod over you. You've given up. You're not interested in struggling against it because there is something in it for you. It may give you joy. It may give you satisfaction. It may make you feel good. You may deny it just as I would, but that doesn't make our denial true. It is easy to give up the struggle and say we are helpless, we are only human. Paul is challenging that. He's not saying we'll be 100% successful in our struggle against sin, but he's saying we cannot assert that there is nothing we can do about it because it is part of being human. The worst thing you can do is to come to the conclusion that there is absolutely nothing you can do about sin since your sinful nature still clings to you. Your sinful nature is not your master, even though it sometimes feels like it. As soon as you were baptized, a conflict began, and it's going to continue. And you know it's true. What has ended is sin's unopposed, unchallenged reign over you, Therefore, sin must not roam free over you. Sin must be recognized. Sin must be opposed. We cannot roll out the red carpet for sin. You have a new gracious master who alone has your best interest always. You do not lose anything by serving him. Never forget to take your sins to him. Do not feel so disappointed in yourself or so ashamed of your words or thoughts or actions that you want to stay away from him because he knows. And he always wants to restore you no matter the severity of what you have done. I read an article from the BBC about the origins of the red carpet. The author said it dates back to at least 2,500 years, the red carpet. She notes that it denotes stratospheric status, style, and opulence, that it conjures up glitz and glamour. It was not intended for ordinary folk. The color red was among the most prized dyes as it was the most difficult to make and the most expensive. By the 17th century, the dye was a hugely valued export. In Georgetown, South Carolina in 1821, the arrival of US President James Monroe was marked by the laying out of a red carpet to welcome him ashore from a river boat. The red carpet has since become a standard addition to the high profile events involving political dignitaries. It is used all over the world when the head of state is visiting. The origin of the phrase red carpet treatment, meanwhile, is thought to derive from the start of the 20th century when a red carpet was co-opted by the railroads. An exclusive express passenger train run by the New York Central Railroad from 1902 welcomed its passengers aboard with a red carpet 
which also helped guide the passengers onto the train. Sin comes into our lives, and we sometimes give it a red carpet treatment. It is always ready and always expecting it, that we will roll it out for it to walk on it majestically. But this thing called sin does not deserve the red carpet treatment. We do not have to roll out anything for it. It must not have anything at all to walk on, to walk on into our lives. Of course, that does not dissuade it because it is always looking for a way to walk into our lives and disrupt our relationship with our Lord Christ. But even though it is persistent and does not give up on trying to trip us up in our walk with Jesus, we should not lay down the red carpet for it. It does not deserve it. Sin may be appealing to us in an instant or in the long term, but it does not belong to our lives as Christians. Yet it acts as if it belongs. It is always lurking, probing constantly. Sometimes it starts as something small, but it grows. And it grows because we allow it to grow. Sometimes it just wants to rub in something we thought or did that was wrong, a sin. It wants to say to us, look what you did. Look what you thought. You say you belong to Jesus. You say he is your master, but really, are you not deceiving yourself? If you are not able to resist every single impediment I put in your way, you certainly are a disappointment to your Jesus. It is time for you to question what you think he did for you, since you are regularly doing things I suggest to you. You think you are different from others who don't follow Jesus, but you are not. Why are you torturing yourself to do what you cannot do? what is literally impossible to do. Even your foremost writer, Paul, agrees with me. Hear what he says to you. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you do its evil desires. I am evil, but you still obey my desire. You are not fit to be a Christian. At best, you are fake. I say the word, and you roll out the red carpet for me. I am your master. What do you say to that? I say, sin, you are not my master. I have a gracious master who loves me to death. Even though I do your bidding sometimes, I know the one I should go to. I know where the burdens you put on me will be lifted. I will resist you, and if I fail, you are still not a winner. I will go tell Jesus, my master, and whether you like it or not, he is your master too. Paul asks rhetorically if we should sin because we are under grace. It is possible to think that sin does not attach to us because we are under grace, not under law. It is possible to think that sin is not a relevant issue for us since we have already been forgiven. But even as we think that, we are actually affirming that it is an issue, even though we wish it were not so. To be sure, some Christians think it should be a moot point because we have already been forgiven. Why should we think of ourselves as sinners when we've been already been declared not guilty by the work of Jesus? Because we know the reality of sin in our lives. We are to keep the commandments of God 100% of the time, all the time, no excuses if we fail. That red carpet, there is a different one 
It is not rolled out for show. It is not rolled out for celebrities and heads of states, though they are welcome to walk on it. This red carpet is priceless. It has eternal value. If you get on this red carpet, you get a priceless treasure that does not perish. It maintains its value forever. 2,000 years ago, it happened. The only one who can roll out an eternal red carpet for you, Jesus Christ, did so. This red carpet is very different than the red carpet we see rolled out for important people. It is rolled out for you because you have become precious in the sight of God. It is present all the time. Actually, this red carpet that was rolled out was not a carpet at all. It was the blood of the Son of God. The one who was God from the beginning came into this world fully aware of what was going to happen to him. It was not going to be easy, and it wasn't. The weight of what was going to happen to him led him to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he prayed and prayed, imploring the Father to take it away, your sins and mine. But he was met with silence. And in the process, he was drenched with red, the sweat of blood, the mental and physical anguish that he had to undergo for you and for me. But he did not end there in that garden. Led by the betrayer, the soldiers of the high priest came and arrested him. He endured a couple of days of torture from the soldiers of the governor, the weeping that drew blood, the crown of thorns that made blood ooze from his head, the nails to his hands and his feet that also caused his blood to flow, and the spearing of his side that resulted in the flow of water and the blood. Red. He was not going to give up on this world. His blood is the eternal red carpet rolled out for you. He would die. But he will also rise again because death has no power over him. Think about that. When sin entices you and don't give in without a fight. But also, never forget that in this world, that eternal red carpet is still rolled out for you. And so when you fail, go walk on it. It is free. It is for you. It is exactly what you need. Jesus Christ is the eternal red carpet of life rolled out for you. Amen.